You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Welcome back, everyone. It's Mike here with Jessica Tanner and Heather Maloney on the Fundamental Fast Pitch Podcast. This is episode number 64. Your kid is listening. This is going to be uh, the next two podcasts going to be paired together, kind of like a little mini series, if you will. Um, Coach Jess, Coach Heather, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good, Mike. I'm sleepy. <laughs> You're sleepy. Well, have you been up since eight o'clock, by any chance? Probably before. Um, I've been up since six. Excellent. So we are in the same boat then. But I've had an energy drink. I've, I've, I'm very, I'm wired right now because today is a big fun day. But regardless of that, let's get into the first podcast today, which is your kid is listening. This will be another tough talks, of course. Um, what do you do when your kid is listening, ear hustling, whatever you want to call it? My kid is a uh, stage one ear hustler. So <laughs> we 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 still at the the ripe old age of eleven still have to bribe with like a, a soda pop, if you will, or a, a ice cream bar. Um, but what do you has do your kid the- told you what her nickname is? Uh, no. Her nickname is Rosie. Rosie, because nosy Rosie, and she loves it. That's that's fantastic. Well, I think the problem is when you have a child who in kindergarten doesn't like talking to the other children because they're not having a real conversation. You kind of find your lane, and even at five years old, kind of stick to it. But you know, as we get older, we learn how to navigate those with the kids. What we're going to talk today about, though, is obviously what to do um, in a softball situation when your kid is listening. Um, adult conversations are meant for adults. I'm going to kick this one to Coach Heather because I'm not really sure what direction you guys want to kick this off and start in on this one. So I'm going to let you guys take the lead at least to begin. Yeah, so what we mean by adult conversations when it comes to softball is anything where your viewpoint as an adult, um, you know, if you're having an adult conversation with another adult and your kid overhears it, your viewpoints are going to spill over and influence your kids um, and prevent them from kind of forming their own opinions and thoughts and kind of just clouding their own thought process on, on whatever it might be. So some of the things that w- that could be considered an adult conversation would be like commentary um, on coaching decisions or coaching styles, um, uh, commentary on umpires, whether it's bad calls or just anything on umpires, um, commentary on other players on the team and parent drama. So anything between parents, um, that really shouldn't impact the kids, but if you're having conversations about it around your kids, they hear these things and will be influenced by these things. Yeah. So, um, I think more than anything, I know the, the episode's titled your kid is listening and I think it's important to keep in mind that whether you think they are or they aren't, they're always listening. They might be playing on their phones, but I can guarantee you like their ears are perked or they might catch a a word or a phrase here and there on your conversation, which is oftentimes even worse because then they're going to try to put the pieces together on what they think you were talking about or, and just, yeah, that's, that's never good either. So Um, like Heather said, basically any conversations that need to be kept between adults where you can rationalize, make decisions, have comfort, um, have conversation so that if you need to involve a child or a player, have that conversation at a later point, you have a game plan or uh, a better use of words. Or, um, a lot of times too, as adults, we use, we use words and sayings and things that children like don't have any idea what they mean. So then 
then you either get that repeated back to other adults or kids and they don't know what they're talking about. And then it's, oh, where'd you hear that? And then, oh, my mom said this. And just, I mean, you guys can see where I'm going with this. It's never, it's never good with the, he said, she said, especially coming from the mouth of a child. Right. It can turn into just one big, ugly game of telephone. So we want to avoid that situation. Right. And I think there are situations, unfortunately, where you'll be having a conversation and your kid will walk into a room before you, you know, see them necessarily. And, and it can cause trouble. Um, But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think we've talked about this a lot and I'm the king of saying this, like these are just children. Um, This is just as competitive as it is still just youth softball. So it's it's really difficult, I think, sometimes as a parent, um, you know, if you're frustrated at times to not really let that stuff kind of carry over and you really do have to pay attention and it's and it's funny because it seems like one of the 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 the, the biggest thing to me is it's just taking things into consideration or or just being mindful of, of these types of conversations but like I said they they do randomly happen now what do you do if you're so I I don't know how to get to the to, to the topping point but there are some of those parents that don't necessarily care that um you know there's no secrets in my house we're talking as a family as a coach how would you guys kind of tackle that if you have a player who's kind of sharing said things that they've heard from their parents in a house in a different environment with a different parental style than you um in those instances because I mean it's difficult right yeah and I think so here's what I want to do Mike I actually want to take that question and and push that over to like our next episode where we talk more about like the how and the why and the conversations and kind of how to have those talks um, appropriately. Um, so I'm, I'm making a note of that to kind of get more so into that discussion. But uh, let's spend some time today talking about really like why on these certain topics that Heather talked about, like the coaching decisions or the umpires or the players on the team and the parent drama. I want to dive into like, why you shouldn't be talking about that stuff in front of your kids. So um, me being a coach, I'm going to jump into that one um, head on. Uh, So when you have parents that are, we'll we'll call it chirping amongst themselves or talking in the stands or uh, talking in between games or practices or at home or whatever, um, as a coach, it makes, you can tell as a coach when you have players that out of the blue are maybe less coachable or don't take instruction as well, or kind of seen not aggressive, but argumentative or yeah, distant zoned out or just all of a sudden have an attitude. Yeah. And, and you're like, man, what is going on? And obviously like there could be other factors, but more often than not, it's, Oh, they've decided that you either don't know what you're talking about or don't know what you're doing or Maybe there is an instance where what you're saying or doing conflicts with like a private coach, like a pitching or catching instructor or a hitting instructor, um, which again, it's just a conversation. But more often than not, you see that happening when players have parents that I'm like, call it what it is, do not trust the process. They don't trust the coaching decisions. Um, They're very boisterous about their opinions and their views on whether it be the coach themselves um, the decision makings, playing time, who they have in what positions, who's pitching, who's catching. Like as a coach, I can tell you pretty much anything and everything you do is going to be scrutinized by someone. Um, so as parents, like that's where it's really, really important because the, the coach already kind of has their hands full, like trying to develop the players, 
also put the team in the best position to win, um, spreading and managing adequate playing time. Uh, for select, you're you're planning for the entire weekend of softball, not just one game at a time. So there are all these other things that I guarantee you come into play when it comes to those decisions. So if you have the parents that maybe don't, honestly, maybe they don't know that. Maybe they don't know all of the effort and planning and strategizing and thinking and stuff that goes into a coach's responsibilities. Or maybe you just have the parent that's like, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know why that kid's at shortstop or we only have two options there and she's not one. Like just things like that, the negativity, the comments, um, the things that you don't think really matter, don't make that. Those are the comments that we're talking about when we say commentary on coaching decisions or I'll give you guys some more example like, well, why didn't we throw that pitcher this game? Or why did we leave her in that long? Or why isn't so-and-so batting leadoff? Or or even worse, talking to your player like, man, you're so much better than her. You have the best batting average on the team. You should be leadoff or you should be four hole. Like those are all like, and maybe you're not wrong. Like maybe you do have the best batting average, but those conversations can go a lot differently rather than like basically pinning your child against their coach. Right. And we're There's not saying that as a parent, by the way. right. You, you, as a, as a parent, you don't have to necessarily blindly just agree with everything coach is doing, but, and, and if something needs to be addressed then something needs to be addressed, but there's a way to do it. And that way is, is, is not just to, you know, discuss it and have your kid either, you know, with your kid or with your kid listening, that's, that's going to impact your kid and impact your kid's position on the team, what you'd intentionally and unintentionally, it's just going to make things different and not in a good way. No, I, I agree. And, you know, a lot of the times with just, you know, you guys mentioned the playing time conversations with the kids listening. I, I, I don't even know necessarily if I'm of the belief that it really affects their opinion on their coach as much as it does their, I mean, I guess it does, but I, I think it's like I, second I can hand. tell you it does. Well, no, I understand. I can tell but... you from personal experience. <laughs> no, no, no. And then that's why I wanted to walk it back because I, I'm, you know, of course. But like, I, I wonder like if it does more harm to the relationship with their teammates and their friends than it does their coaches at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, they're holding, like they're looking at their teammates who they need to be, you know, vibing and gelling well, and with then... and working with because it takes nine yeah. to play, right? Like, Yes, but that also, it also like, instigates and starts those their little minds working and it's like well my mom and dad said that I should be playing shortstop so why aren't I playing shortstop and then they start paying attention at practice right well well I fielded all my ground balls cleanly and that my teammate missed all five or she made a bad throw so then they're honing in on like the negative that a teammate is doing instead of doing focusing on them and what they should be doing to make themselves better and then picking their teammates up and working as a team and working as a unit. And I think you're spot on with that one. And it kind of affects the camaraderie and, and the team itself. And then I've had instances in the past, um, not with our team, obviously, because everyone's wonderful, but in the past where parents are constantly like, my kid's the best one on the team and she should be playing catcher and pitcher and shortstop and all of the things. And then the kid gets an attitude and then it's, um, it goes into or, the, or worse, Jess, or the kid's oblivious and doesn't care. Uh, right? Yeah, no, I that mean, could be it too. And they like don't they care, don't but care. then they become the aware. For them, yes. Yeah. Well, and then I, and then I think a part of that conversation too is like if you've got parents that think one thing and a player that's 
on the team and a coach that thinks another thing, then you put the player in the middle of the parent and the coach decisions. And it's like, man, should I, should I be, should I be like trusting and listening to what my parents say? Should I be trusting, listening to my coach? Like, like, and a lot of times too, it's like, man, I don't even like shortstop. I don't even want to play shortstop. Like maybe I'm perfectly happy in the outfield. So let me ask you a question, Heather, as, as another parent um, who has a child playing select softball, I want your opinion on this. This is how I kind of view it. Um, and, and a lot of these conversations with positionals and stuff like this, look at, at the end of the day, we need a certain amount of girls, kids, whatever you want to say to be on the team, correct? Coaches make decisions, this and that. Can always not always agree with it, as Jessica said, but those are their decisions. At the end of the day, though, if I as a parent am not happy for my child, or if my child's on a good team, but she's not playing and she wants to play, like, then move your kid to another team. And I and I, I know I'm kind of getting off topic here and kind of broaching off. And I've seen a lot of videos, a lot of um, think pieces on these lately. Like, it's okay. You can be upset, but don't like make a team toxic because you're not happy. Just take your ball and go somewhere else. No one's going to fault you for wanting to get your kid more opportunities, but that is not the quote unquote role that they fit or slotted into currently on said team. Like, how do you like it? It's as a, as a parent with a passionate, hardworking player, sometimes it's my job to make sure that she understands what's best for her is not what's best for the team. But at the same right. time, you can want to be selfish um, as a player. I, I mean, I tell my kid all the time to be a good teammate, but to be selfish because it's her it's her putting in her work. You know what I mean? Like that, I'm okay with it. Right. And and I don't think that, that necessarily the, the answer to this, or we're looking for answers. We're looking for in this in this conversation here, we're looking at why, why not to have those conversations in front of our kids. So like, for example, my daughter is on a brand new team. They have played two tournaments. Um, she has probably sat more in the past two weekends than she has collectively in the past two years. Um, but I haven't said a word about it to her. Uh, I, I trust that the, I mean, we're two, two tournaments in, I have not formed an opinion on whether the coach is out of her mind or the coach is, is, the greatest thing on earth. Um, I'm still forming that opinion, but I'm not having, I'm not trying to form that opinion um, with my daughter. If she wants to discuss it or she's concerned with it, then I will absolutely talk to her about it. But that's not a conversation that we're going to have in front of her. And my husband and I have talked about it many times, but we just don't talk about it in front of her because we don't want to influence her um, by our own conversation. How, because honestly, my husband and I are also sorting out how we feel about it when we talk to each other about it. Well, I'm going to jump in as an outsider. Also, this goes back to what Heather has said multiple times, not only connections with your players, but also knowing your kid, like her daughter is the kind of person that once she forms an opinion, that's not changing. So <laughs> knowing that, like, if you have any sort of sway or negativity on that, and that that's going to truly affect her opinion of that coach, but then also her experience. Because she's going to go to practice and games and tournaments with a negative mindset. Right. And and maybe she doesn't care that she has sat, you know, multiple innings in the past couple of weeks. But but me inserting my feelings on it around her is going to impact how she feels about it. So we just we, we've decided just to not go there. Right. And like you said, no, 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 your kid. And I think, you know, you're in a different situation, obviously, with with her than I am with mine, just based on we've been in the same environment for 27, 28 months now. So she has a good grasp on her coaches and if she can talk to them or not. And if like, the, like there's a certain level of trust as well. Right. Coach Jess. Absolutely. And, 
and different relationship styles with different players and different conversation and coaching styles with different players. This is not like a cookie cutter approach. So um, as a coach, like you're taking those things into consideration. And then as a parent, you just, when it comes specifically to those coaching decisions, kind of like we're talking, like everything we're talking about right now, again, just trusting, trusting the process. And if you have an opinion or concern or question going to the coach to get clarity, have a conversation, get your opinions, your feelings out. And then once you do that, then you have more information where if a conversation needs to be had with your player, then you're prepared to do that. And you also kind of have some insight, some understanding. You can kind of check your emotions a little bit and you can construct a better conversation if necessary. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. What about the, the the thing that we're starting to see now a lot of controlling the outcomes with the umpires? Not necessarily the games, not necessarily the games as much as to like the at-bats. It's it's always in my mind. Or or my favorite, the bang-bang could go either single way at first base. Like, oh my gosh, they had it wrong again. Like, I can, yeah, man. I mean, you guys, we Over 27 this year. Over 27 umpires are this year. Yeah, we we take a lot of pride in being respectful and being good sports and not just to the other team and their coaches, but the umpires and the other fans. And I can tell you, like, it makes a difference in games. Like when you, like Heather said on our last episode, like when you go, when you go to the plate and the umpire is like, Hey, if any of your parents misbehave, I'm tossing them like right up because he's had, he knows the team's reputation and not, not talking to you, but like just kind of setting the tone for the game. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're going to get more calls as a coach. Um, the whole kill it with kindness thing, being respectful when you're, when you're discussing calls and stuff. But um, when it comes to your commentary on umpires in front of the kids, not even necessarily influencing the game or the outcome more than anything, you're setting the precedent that it's okay to make excuses. Um, It's okay to blame the losses or negative outcomes on the umpires. When I can guarantee you more often than not, there, every every player had an opportunity to maybe bring a run in or have a, a game changing at bat or make an out or or some sort of contribution to the game where one call didn't blow the game for you. It's um, just the balls and strikes for me with the girls. It's it cracks me up every time. Every time. Yeah, and that's fair. But that you know what? That's also not a job I would ever want. No. So <laughs> absolutely um, not. So also as a parent, knowing like, hey, they're out there. Um, especially where we're at. It is. Yes, it is scorching. They're on their feet all day. You've, they've got parents chirping at them all day. Like, um, they're probably already on edge just, just as parents know. And then same thing, like the car ride home, making an excuse, like, uh, we'll, we'll say for like a batter that strikes out looking, let's say two out of three times at bat. Okay. The first time understandable. The second time you knew they had a wide zone, like, um, just instead of taking the opportunity to tell them, well, like with two strikes, you got to protect, you got to go down stringing, swinging, like, Hey, we knew his zone was wide. That's something we can learn from. So instead of like seeing it as an opportunity to like make them better and build them up and try to like encourage them and coach them to make a difference, you're basically just saying like, Oh, it's fine. That's not your fault. Like the umpire was terrible, which so, is never okay. So the way I see this one going is like, so, uh, you know, after the game, we get in the car and 
mom and dad get in the front seat and start talking, man, the umpire was terrible. He missed about 37 strikes and balls. And, you know, the, the plays at first were terrible. And then next thing you know, um, you know, maybe you show up at the next practice or the next game. And that player were, that had the parents that were bad mouthing the umpire talking about how terrible they were. That player all of a sudden is talking about that game and saying how bad the umpire was. And then, then you start to notice that they're making excuses when they strike out. Oh, well, that wasn't even a strike. Or I was so safe. I wasn't even out. Instead of taking ownership for the fact that they watched two pitches right down the pipe and didn't even try to swing. Weren't even, you know, didn't even have that mentality of swinging, you know? So they just start making excuses because they hear mom and dad, you know, talking about how it was the umpire's fault and and no one else's. When, when we've said before, you know, one, one call, two calls, three calls, it's not going to make the game. There are so many opportunities to make things go your way in a game that the umpire really, I mean, they can influence the game. Let's, let's be real. But um, in most cases, that's not what's happening. Not in a single instance. No, no, no. All right. And last but certainly not least, parent drama. We haven't had much of it, fortunately, over the last couple of years. There's been some instances, as we've discussed uh, briefly, as you did with the pitcher, catcher, shortstop thing. But kids can't form their own opinions or feel bad being friends with that parent's kid. How, how, how do you prevent this from happening? I mean, we can't regulate everything. What is the best course of action to try to cut it off before it starts, Coach Jess? Um. Well, I'm actually going to kind of take a back step and talk about the like commentary on players on the team, because I think that's where a lot of that parent drama stems like, oh, you said this about this or they overheard you talking about this player. And then now that your your child like can't form their own opinion because they know that their parents feel a certain way about so and so's mom or um, so and so is shouldn't be playing second base. So I think those kind of go together. Um uh, in terms of like the parent drama and the co- the commentary on players on the team in front of your children. Um, to me, like we, we make a big, big deal about being kind and being good sports and no bu- bullying. Um, I think it says a lot about your stance on those kinds of things. If you're talking about children in front of your children. So um, that's just as bad as um, bullying. So I think um, that that creates a lot of tension because then you see your your that child. And starts- Coach Jess, just to be clear, it doesn't have to be even talking about someone else's child negatively. It could be just observational things, correct? Well, yeah, just just in general, like um, it, I mean, it's just not kind and and knowing that there is a child present in the car and also like like we said too, they might not know what you're talking about. So if it's something or it's, or maybe it's something that like you notice that they haven't picked up on before, but then they're like paying attention to it because you called it out in front of them. So it doesn't know, it doesn't necessarily have to be mean or negative, but when you like, same thing, we'll use that same instance, like, Oh, I'm not sure why so-and-so was pitching. Like we like, so like the other player was our better option. And it doesn't even have to be your kid. It's just talking about players in front of your player knowing that nothing good is going to come from it. And that can create the parent drama because then the player goes to the team and is like, well, I'm not sure why she pitched that game. And we would have won if so-and-so pitched. It's like, oh, well, what are you talking about? And then it's like, well, that's what my mom said. And that's awesome. So then Susie and Betsy's mom are going at each other in the stands or can't sit next to each other because they don't, they don't know how to communicate and just keep their mouths shut. It's just, it's just a lot of it is just needless and, drama causing for no reason. Everybody at a youth level pays the same dues each month. Every child deserves the same opportunity, not necessarily equal opportunity, but the same opportunity to develop. I I just, 
those some of those things will always baffle me honestly yeah and i think so and i'm actually going to use this too we talk about like commentary on players on the team i'm actually going to take this another step further um and we don't actually have this in the outline but it just came up up like in my mind uh another part of that is talking about um again kind of going back to our episode on comparing your player to their teammates so talking about other players like in front of your child in a way that makes them feel anything less than amazing. So what I mean by that is like complimenting like another player, like, wow, her bat was so hot. She did great. Like, man, you like, you need to swing like her or you like, you ought to be watching her like warm up with her. Like, so instead of like building your player up, like you, it's probably good intentions most of the time, but more often than not, I can tell you from personal experience as a child, it's not, it's not taken that way. So just making sure that you're using, yeah, knowing your kid and you're not using other children's successes to tear down or, or even if not intentional, hurt your player. Or same thing. Let's say you get in the car and it's a game and you're just ranting and raving about all the great things that everyone else on the team did and you leave out your child. Right. That kid feels like the size of an ant at that time. Yeah, man. My heart hurts just talking yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say that that this fact, you know, the, your kid is listening and, and so, sort of censoring your your conversations or being mindful of when you're having these conversations. It's it takes a conscious effort to to check yourself and, and know what's who's around when you're talking to another adult. Um, I will be the first to say that my husband and I are absolutely guilty of having these conversations around ears that should not be having them. Um, I, you know, I can say that we've never really, you know, been super negative and bad mouthing people, but we definitely have had conversations about the games, about umpires, about coaching decisions around our son and our daughter. And in the past few years, we have, we have made that conscious effort uh, to, to stop having those conversations in front of them. We still have them. We still talk about it, but we just are mindful of who's around when we're having them. Um, and, and it has, we have absolutely noticed a difference in how our, our son and our daughter um, just are around their team. It's funny because, um, <laughs> you know, hat on the, the dash versus not, I mean, I, I'll be the first, I mean, it's not really saying anything, but like my kid likes to talk about the game after the game. She likes to recall situations about who did what, um, all the things, guys, like everything. She wants, as soon as that video is up, she wants to go back and watch the game. She takes notes on occasion on the game. Your kid's a unicorn. No, 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 but no, 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 no. But I'm not even saying that, but I'm saying as it pertains to the conversation. So like, it's funny, like a lot of the conversations that we have as a family are things that have been brought to us. Like, it's very rare that, Elisa and myself go into like Easton stay in the room like we're gonna go talk like you know what I mean but like yeah those conversations are generally brought up so from from I guess a different side of the coin I enjoy having those conversations because it's never usually mean but there's always a question coming from a question if that makes sense like what should she have like as I was kind of telling you offline like hey you're in the four hole because I want you to swing do damage not like you know, if people are on base to present themselves, not uh, lead off of the inning, ma'am, you're not swinging one, two, because it was close. Like, that's probably a ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like those kind yeah. of conversations, like lots of good stuff can come out of these conversations, I think, too. 
No. And I, I think the difference and that's, that's wonderful. Those are all good things. And Mike's spot on his daughter is exactly like that. We could talk about softball all day, every day with her, but I think in like the difference in what you're talking about and what we're talking about here is those are player led conversations. Your child is bringing you questions, comments, concerns, feelings, um, all those things versus conversations in front of a player. And I think that, that basically are that, do not or should not include them, but you're having them anyways. And I think sure. that's kind of what we'll get in more to in like, right, in our, yeah, in our next, next episode. episode. Yeah, we'll like how to have those co- like conversations so that they do include the players and that they're constructive and that you can get their opinions and feelings and kind of have that that safe environment to talk about those things. So I'll be excited to talk about that one too. Yeah, I think I'm think I'm definitely more excited for 65 than 64 because 64 is kind of like I feel like I'm being slapped on the wrist right now, guys. Like, I feel like I'm, <laughs> and, and 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 not even because I'm sitting here being like, man, did I? I'm pretty sure she wasn't in the room. And then like she like will come up and she'll say something like, oh, you heard that? That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank I was wondering you. why you got quiet there for a while. <laughs> I would know. I was sitting there thinking. I was like, man, like I was like. Sh- probably done that but like generally we it's generally pretty positive but but regardless still talking about teammates or friends in front of them where they could hear regardless of the situation um you know it's it's hurtful but but this is exactly why we're having this conversation right now because you're the most positive person i know and now you're questioning yourself so you're just making sure that you're you know you're not having those inappropriate for her conversations where she can hear them um so you know if we can get across to somebody who is maybe not as positive to you and and help them realize that they're having these conversations with their kids you know in earshot um that's exactly what we're going for here i can think of three instances right now and i'm not going to sell myself <laughs> out, but I'll think of three instances. like taking notes. <laughs> no no but like it's funny because i'm thinking right now um like and they're all like that first PCB year, I think, just kind of like, why? why here's, like, yeah. So here's the deal too, though, Mike, and then, and we'll get into this more in the next episode. A lot of this also comes to like parent accountability. If you happen to, let's say you do happen to have a conversation in front of them and they hear you. Okay. Don't just let it linger. Don't just let them hear what they heard. And then like, you have to be accountable. Like, Hey, I'm sorry you heard that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have talked about your coach like that in front of you. That was wrong of me. Or I I shouldn't have said that about your teammates. Like I just was frustrated because I think you're amazing. And I want to make sure you're like, there are other ways to go about it than just like, like venting and ranting and letting them hear you and then just letting it lay. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. If, if my kid wants to vent, I let her vent. No, that's, no, that's, that's, fine. that's, that's different. She's venting. Yes. Yeah. It's not you venting in front of her. That's the difference. Right. Okay. Well, I'm excited to get to the next one. So unless you guys have anything else you want to add <laughs> on this one. You're not in trouble, Mike. You're wonderful. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So this was episode number 64. Your kids are listening. Part part one-ish, I guess, or the 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 combo of the, the little mini series that Jessica would not allow me to name. Um, but regardless... This was 64. Your kids are listening. Is there anything else you guys want to add before I help us and get us on to the next one? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, if, if you know, if it's your significant other that you're normally having these conversations with that, you know, maybe not be appropriate. Mine's just Joe from here. down the street. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm <laughs> I, mean, I would think in most cases it's going to be your significant other. Right. But one thing that we have, my husband and I have really kind of 
has helped each other is, you know, at some point we decided, you know, we got to stop talking about these kinds of things in front of our kids. So we will actually check each other. You know, if, if there's something that is really bothering us and we start to go down that road and talk about it in front of our kids, um, you know, the other one will be like, hey, not right now. Let's talk about it later. So we just check each other. And it's all, you know, we're never starting a fight or anything like that. We're in agreement that we're not going to talk about it in front of them. And we just are there to help each other when we kind of, you know, get overwhelmed with how we feel about something. But Coach Heather, on on on, on my end, and that's fantastic that that you guys have each other like that. My, my, my point of, or my side of the coin is shut up, like stop talking, stop talking. Can I get a word in? Like, it's usually me talking. I don't know if this is going to be surprise <laughs> no, you guys or not. No way. <laughs> yeah, usually, um, <laughs> usually it's just like, and then, and, then, and then at the end, I'm like, Hey, like, what do you think? She's like, I don't know. I forgot what you said 28 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. So anyways, coach Jess, anything else you want to add? Um, no, I just, I think it's important to be mindful of kind of time and place where you're at, read the room. Uh, if your kids are with you, like don't even chance having those conversations, talk about something else, ask them about school or a movie or something completely unrelated. And if it, if you happen to be on the way home from a softball game and they want to talk about softball, I think, well, no, I think one thing that's helpful is just let them lead the conversation, ask them questions instead of you venting and ranting and, and kind of just talking through, ask them, Hey, I loved watching you play. What was your favorite part of the game? What do you think you did? Well, anything you want to work on going into tomorrow, just keep asking those questions and let them talk. If they want to talk about softball. Agreed. All right. So I, yeah, agreed. So this was episode, sorry, this was episode 64. Your kid is listening in the tough talk section of the fundamental flats with podcast. Um, thank you for subscribing and sharing again, Coach Jess, Coach Heather. We got two more subscribers since the last time we recorded through Spotify, Apple Music. You guys need to step it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> shut up. I mean, I I get where I I guess that 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 that's gonna be our big one, but that's fine. Um, until next time, as always, it's me, Mike. Well, not always, but as most of the time, it's me, Mike, with Jessica and Heather. We will be back shortly with number sixty-five. Kids have opinions too, and I will finally be allowed to get out of the timeout chair. So until next time. <laughs> You guys have a great day.